the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Mojo Five O. Welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I am your host, Pat Oni. Follow me over on Twitter at the Pat Oni Show. Use the hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat and also the hashtag What I Learned Today. You can also find me over on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, Parlor, and yes, I actually am over on the locals as well. So you can follow me there too. Um, so you can definitely check me out there. But definitely follow me over on Parlor um, and make sure you subscribe to criticalthinking.locals.com. Um, where you can see all of critical thinking because I'm on there too. And who wouldn't want to see my good looking face every day right here on Mojo Five O with Andrew Coppins. I mean, I know you don't come and watch for Andrew Coppins. You come and you watch for me because of the two of us, I am the good looking one. So just, you know, five bucks a month. That's all I'm asking for. You know, it's, it's a very easy thing. Just go to criticalthinking.locals.com and hit the subscribe button and also just follow me over on all the other social media channels as well. So, um, I will have another Mrs. Pat recipe coming up at the bottom of the hour, by the way, but, but speaking of Mrs. Pat, um, she pulled a fast one on me this week and, uh, what she did is she conspired with my dad, um, because my dad is a pilot for UPS and he came out, I mean, well, he, he got into to Salt Lake City and conspired with my wife to surprise me um, yesterday. So my dad has been here and, and it's been it's been good to see him because like with all of the uh, COVID stuff going on and in the pandemic and, you know, my, most of my family lives back in Ohio, um, I haven't you know, really been able to see my family over the last while because of, well, COVID. So um, my, my dad's been here and it's been really good to visit with him. And we had this conversation last, last night and we were talking about life and marriage and relationships and, and a little politics here and there, a little bit of what's going on with COVID, what's going on back East with the family, all this stuff, just catching up. And we had this really interesting conversation about marriage and relationships. And one of the things that he said that, that, that really just stood out to me was this concept of you, you have to buy into your, your marriage. You have to put something into it. Um, you have to be a part of it. You have to um, give yourself to it and, and, and put put things in motion. And cause sometimes, you know, you will have times where you need to take out of it where like you have lazy days or you're sick or, and like, but you have to be an active contributor 
in your family is ultimately what he was getting at. Because as, as someone that is a pilot, he's gone a lot. And so when he's home, he wants to be home and he wants to be an active contributor in the family, whether it be helping with dishes, helping with the kids, helping with how other house chores or working outside or, or whatever other projects he's going on. He wants to be there and be present. It should be the same way in any relationship. You want to be able to put into that relationship in order to get things out of that relationship. And so I got to thinking about this more on a broader scale. And and that is society in general. That that as citizens of this great country, what are we really putting into our our communities, our society as people? Are we contributing to those things? And then or are we just constantly taking away from it? And I think you could make the argument that depending on what side of the aisle you're on, that could be go either way. So I was I was looking at this and I and I thought like, well, this this kind of very thought in a way actually applies to cancel culture. Because here we have uh, groups of people that are, you know, getting behind their mics and just screaming the loudest on X, Y, and Z issues and getting people to think about them in such a way that they don't like them anymore or that they feel like they shouldn't be published or um, given any kind of stage or uh, promotion or however you want to look at it. And so the way I see it, is that they are taking away something from our culture. They're taking away something from our society. Rather than contributing to it, they are taking something away. And this is kind of what I was talking about last week, about how cancel culture actually impacts freedom of thought and freedom of speech. It's taking away these things from our society. Rather than, I don't know, maybe having this idea of, well, I don't I don't I don't like this particular cartoon. I don't like this particular message. So because I don't like this message, instead of trying to cancel it or take it away from people that actually do enjoy it or do agree with it or at least allow it in their lives to some extent, why not go and create something that shares their message? their beliefs, their thoughts, their opinions, rather than trying to take away from somebody else, why not contribute to society in this shape and form? And many people do, don't get me wrong. Many people do actually do this. Not everyone. At least not what we would see, at least for the most part, what we see coming from today's woke mob. But this idea that you could you could actually, you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to use my influence. I'm going to use the bully puppet of my microphone. I'm going to use um, my community in such a way that I can better my community, my family, in the ways that, that I see fit, the way that I have formed my opinions on, on various different issues. What, what happened to this concept? Whereas 
if it's not good for me, it's not good for you either. That, that's essentially what cancel culture is. If it's not good for me, it's not good for you. It's like saying, well, if it's not good for the goose, it's certainly not good for the gander. So here we are debating on Pepe Le Pew, um, different books, Dr. Seuss, music, politics, what name you. And instead of, because the right is doing this too, the right is actually trying like, oh, we need to take away this and this and this because it's immoral and it's wrong and blah, 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 blah. The same thing could be argued about this whole Cardi B thing um, that, that happened at the Grammys earlier this week. I agree. It's totally repulsive and morally wrong. It is. But unfortunately, there's probably an audience for what Cardi B does in our country. Do I want to cancel her? No. I don't want to cancel her. I'm not going to allow her into my life, and I'm going to vote with my dollars. And and, and that's that's basically what I was talking about. Is like, not you don't want to cancel anything in in our society because we deserve freedom of thought and freedom of speech, and and we should be able to think for ourselves and decide what content we allow or don't allow in our lives. So, plain and simple. I'm not going to allow things like Cardi B into my life because I find it morally wrong and repulsive. Plain and simple. But there is an audience for what Cardi B does. There is. Just like there's an audience for me every week when I when I get behind this microphone. It's the same thing. There might be people out there that find what I say to be bigoted, racist, misogynistic, even though it's not and it's not intended to be that way. But that's the way people look at things. They, they interpret things very, very differently than you and me, but they also have a very different set of values than you and me. That's essentially what the leftist progressive culture is starting to create in America. They are creating and are in many ways enforcing their set of values on everyone in this country. Again, the right has been guilty of this too on some level. Now, you can argue that, well, the right's morally right and, and, and what they're arguing for is is actually at least, you know, some form of sanity. I don't necessarily disagree, but at the same time, again, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, um, there is an audience for the left as well. There's an audience for those that think like they do, just like there's an audience for people that think like I do. But the point is, is, is can we both on both sides of the aisle try to create content, try to create something that actually contributes to our community, that actually contributes to our society, to our families, and really to our, our ourselves in general, right? Because there, there always is at anything, at anything that anyone does, there's always at least a little bit of self-interest there. That's fine, you know, but we should be contributing to society, not trying to take it away. And so I've been reading up a lot on on different things about cancel culture um, all week, trying to understand, you know, m- you know where, where I would lean on this, where other people lean on this issue. Um, what what the leftist woke mob is saying about you know cancel culture, why they're doing the things that they're doing because it's good to try to understand 
those that you don't agree with. So I found this article from 538 and, and it was why attacking cancel culture and woke people are is becoming the GOP's new political strategy. Well, first of all, um, duh. Why, why wouldn't this be a political strategy for, for the GOP and those on the right? It's easy. But this isn't a, and, and I actually was thinking about this, this isn't a new argument. This is an argument that we have seen. I mean, really, you could make the argument since the beginning of the country, uh, this argument between the right and the left. And um, what is right, what is wrong, what is moral, what is not moral. And we get into this idea that the GOP is going to use this to their advantage. Well, so does the left for that matter. But the, the, the GOP and the Democrats will, will both use cancel culture in such a way that it benefits them. This isn't new. If you go back to the, what, the, the 1960s, you had the civil rights movement. Something like this was used there. Uh, in the in the 80s 90s you had political correctness um you you had uh today you have now what is called being woke uh all of these have ties to each other they're they're in, in many ways there are a lot of fundamental similar arguments between them they're, they're basically the same thing they're just called something else as time goes on, it's something that that resonates with the people. That's something that that um, will polarize and pull at, at, at voter strings and really kind of distinguish what, what side of the aisle are you on, especially when it comes to things like social issues. That's what this does. And as generations come up um as, as, as new generations come up, the terminology seems to change because, well, what are kids saying these days? Apparently, woke is the word. And now cancel culture is the next thing. And cancel culture and wokeness go hand in hand with each other. So, duh. Of course, the GOP is going to use this as a political strategy. Absolutely. And, and, Honestly, why shouldn't they? The Democrats would do it too, and they are doing it. They're just doing it from the opposite end of the aisle, and they're using it in a very different way. Both sides are going to use this as a political strategy in coming elections going forward. But they've been doing this, like I said, for years. It's just the terminology has changed. But first, uh, this article goes into... Um, the GOP uh, will, will use this as a fairly easy strategy because in many ways it's repacking the party's longstanding backlash approach. I, dis I, I agree with this in part and I disagree with this in part because if this had been the Democrats, they would be doing the same thing. And they have done the same thing. Um, the GOP is also doing this because it's one of the things that is in direct relation, I think, with something that... that Donald Trump had struggled with his entire presidency. He struggled with racial issues. He struggled with cultural issues. And he would say things in such a way that it would um, come across as crass or mean or 
um, politically incorrect, and he would say things in the ways that, that people don't like. Whereas Joe Biden, by the way, if you've ever noticed, will say very similar things and has said similar things on race and has said some very racist things in his political career. But yet, because of the way he says it, it's more well-received and also because he's not Donald Trump, but that I digress. Uh, so they have done it and they can will continue to do it as long as it is politically expedient for them to do. Um, you know, so no, Donald Trump did not do well in, in cultural and social issues. Um, and because of that and because of these issues and because of wokeness and because of cancel culture, you could make an argument. This is why Donald Trump lost part, at least in part of the election. You could also argue that it was about censorship and what big tech was doing, doing what they are doing to him now, what they were doing to other conservatives um, and silencing them. And, and especially when it came to things like uh, talking about uh, a stolen election and voter fraud and all People started getting censored for those things. Donald Trump got censored for those things. And then they also tried to claim that he incited violence. So that, that all of that is really part of cancel culture. It's part of canceling these ideas that, that frankly may or may not be true. Now we've talked about all of this and, and it wasn't all really about voter fraud so much as it was about election rules being changed prior to the election, which Andrew Coppins and I talked a little bit about yesterday on how they are changing and how there were some discrepancies that some federal judges have now found in some of those key states. So, yeah, so, so this really kind of came down to, at least in part of Donald Trump and conservatives, it comes down to cancel culture and it comes down to the backlash that they have gone through over the last several months in regards to some of these issues. And so now they're running against them because it's politically expedient. And why shouldn't it be? I mean, if, 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 if I were them, I would definitely use this to my advantage. From a political standpoint, I absolutely would. And if you are saying, if, if, if you are a Democrat, or a progressive listening to this program, and you're trying to sit there and say the Democrats don't do this, you're kidding yourself. You're absolutely kidding yourself because they absolutely do. Take a look around, look at what they've done over the last, give or take, several years. Um, do, they, do, they, do they not cancel? I mean, are they not in favor of canceling Donald Trump and what he has to say about different issues? Yes. What about other conservatives? Yes. What about um, other things that they don't like or agree with? Yes. Um, I. Uh, Andy knows new book, Maskless. Uh, you know the whole anti the, the Antifa book that he he or is is, is it called Unmasked? I think it's actually called Unmasked by Andy No, and it's going behind the lines of Antifa. And, and of course, the left has used this to their... Joy Behar came out and said that Antifa doesn't really exist. Joe Biden called Antifa an idea. So they're trying to, to use these things in, in wake of political correctness um, to cover up their own progressive policies. 
their own progressive ideas and, and, and kind of pull the wool over the American people's eyes. And then they're also trying to just silence the, the ideas that they don't like. Plain and simple. Um, and then, by the way, another great example of this is what people on the right have said about coronavirus and how people are handling the coronavirus lockdowns and masks and all this sort of Eric Mutsos, who I've we've had on critical thinking and I've had on this program, um, is uh, has has also been they try to take down the Utah Business Revival page because it was talking about a lot of the stuff that about coronavirus and mask mandates that aren't actually working, and then they were out there trying to help local and small businesses get back on their feet. So that was at one point it was canceled. It was literally brought back because Mike Lee had went and called um, Zuckerberg and complained, and then Zuckerberg turned it, made sure it was turned back on. So don't tell me the left does not use this to their advantage in some ways. They will absolutely use it to silence the narratives of those on the other side, whereas the right will do it two uh just on different issues the next big thing i think here though is uh, strategy unifies unifies the gop while dividing the democrats um i actually kind of agree with this one I, I think this is true because this is something that a lot of the gop and a lot of people on the right are unifying around right now it is something that they are coalescing around there aren't really many dissenting uh, gop members that are um, going with cancel culture at this moment. And those that are, they're either staying very silent about it or they're being um, vilified for it in their own respective states and being censured and all that sort of fun stuff. So I absolutely do think it's a unifying thing for the GOP. Is it something that's dividing Democrats? Well, we've seen this before. My dad, going back to the conversation I was having with my dad, um, one of the things that he brought up in, in terms of politics is that, you know, the, one of the reasons why Trump won is in 2016 is because people were tired of all this PC bullcrap. They were tired of trying to figure out which bathroom to use. They were trying to figure out which pronouns to use. They were tired of they were tired of having all of this stuff shoved down their throat. And Democrats tend to do that. They tend to shove all this crap down our throats and then we get sick and tired of it. So, yeah. Third, something of a policy infrastructure for the GOP aligning with parties' existing priorities and introducing some new ones. Republicans totally control the government in many states and are often focused on issues such as tax cuts and that many not galvanize the party's core activists. But a lot of GOP officials and state levels are now rolling out policies that flow from woke cancel culture fight. These include limits on public schools, use of the New York Times, the 1619 Project that chronicles the role of slavery in America, and teaching critical race theory in at public colleges. The criminalization of tactics used by protesters last year after Joyce Lloyd was killed in police custody, provisions to make it easier to sue social media companies for removing people from their platforms, and proposals to allow state governments to cut funding from cities and that reduce their police budgets. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can see where they're going with that one. I, you know, they, they, they are using it to further 
their agendas and things like that. Again, if it's politically expedient, why wouldn't they use this to their advantage? Why wouldn't they? It makes sense. Uh, fourth, um, it is to excuse the extreme behavior of past and potentially rationalize such behavior in the future. Um, and this is kind of going back to the idea that that uh, tech companies censoring conservatives for inciting violence and encouraging overturning the election results. Um, again, I I, I kind of see where they're they're going with this, but. I, Conservatives were concerned about the election being rigged and being stolen, in which we've talked about it actually was. It just wasn't done the way many claim that it was. It was done before the election even happened. So, but again, freedom of speech, freedom of thought. They're taking that away. And before I go into break, let me tell you a little bit about American Pride Roasters. American Pride Roasters is a small business that is the official coffee of the Mojo Five O Network. Uh, they have a lot of really great flavors, a lot of really awesome deals. Uh, just go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com and check them out. Check them out. Check out all the different flavors. They've got uh, the Reagan that they just came out with, which Coppin swears by, by the way. He also really loves the Blueberry, the Pearl Hamilton. So go to American Pride Roasters and check them out. AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. You listen to the Pattern Show right here on Mojo Five O, and I will be right back right after this. What would it take for you to go to Mojo50Solar.com? Mojo50Solar.com is the place where you can find out just how much it will cost you to have a solar system installed at your house and how much you could save. Mojo50Solar.com. Fast Track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. Attention real estate investors. Do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money anywhere way you want. If you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch, we can help you turn your equity into fast cash. Call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need. 800-353-1760. That's 800-353-1760. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo 5 I'm your host, Pat Oni. And uh, you can follow me over on Twitter at the Pat Oni Show. Use that hashtag, Stand with Mrs. Pat, and hashtag what I learned today. Also, find me over on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, Parlor, um, and also over on the, the Locals page as well. And that is criticalthinking.locals.com. I'm trying to get a little bit more active over there with some of the content. Um, that, that we're involved with. And if you subscribe to criticalthinking.locals.com, you get to see my beautiful mug, Uncritical Thinking with Andrew Coppins, every Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on this very network, mojo50.com. Uh, you can also listen to I, the both shows, this show um, and Critical Thinking on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, if you, you know, aren't able to watch the show. Those are just some places where you can find both uh, this very show and Critical Thinking um, and check those out. There are other great shows here on Mojo Five O as well. Um, Room 13, I think, is one of my favorites. Uh, it, it, they're on every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, um, and they're just they're funny. And they're a breath of fresh air because they don't do the politics and they don't do the COVID and they don't do all that stuff that, that well, I do. So... Um, they are really, really, truly a breath of fresh air. And of course, you got the the Bells of Liberty that are on before me. You've got uh, Jason Gouffray defending 2A that is on after me. Um, and of course, you've got all the other big hits like, you know, Lorenzo Vizzo, Defenders Live, uh, The Daily Mojo. Uh, just just a great, great network um, that we have here. And uh, yeah, so I just follow me over on the Twitter on all the other social media channels, especially Parlor, because, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with all the other ones anytime soon. Um, you, know, you never know, because here's the thing. Being a small-time show like myself, um, I am not beyond getting canceled. I am not beyond um, having the woke mob come after me, per se. Um, it, it is always a possibility, especially in today's day and age. Um, do I think it's going to happen anytime soon? No, but it could happen. Um, day, the days are gone of just because you're a small time does not mean that you can't be subjected to the woke mob and to cancel culture and to all of these things that we've been talking about. Um, I mean, just look at, uh, Chris Harrison from the bachelor and the bachelorette, uh, look at, uh, what's his name? Winston Marshall. Um, he was the banjo and, and lead guitarist for Mumford and Sons just because he read a book by Andy No and it was called Unmasked. And it was just, it, he, he was an Antifa journalist and it was all about exposing Antifa for what they are domestic terrorists. So the days are gone. And, and, and all, all, all Winston Marshall did was tweet about it. It wasn't like he endorsed um, Andy No's thinking or said that he agreed with him. He just called him brave. He called him brave for writing such a book. Um, and, and, and that's where we are. Like, like I could say something today, tomorrow, next week. I mean, who knows that that could just piss somebody off. And then the next thing they know, the next thing I know, they're coming after me just because I dare to have a different thought than they do. And even if it's controversial, um, they dare try to silence me because, or silence you or, or, or anyone for that matter, because you have a difference of opinion, which is, again, that's the whole point of cancel culture. It's not about just disagreeing with you. It's about canceling you and taking away your platforms so that you can no longer uh, 
speak your thoughts and, and use your speech and use the power of your perspective platforms and bully pulpits to be able to talk about the things that you like and don't like about today's society in America. Whether that be in culture, politics, economics, name it. That is where we are as a country. And it's deeply, deeply unhealthy. It's deeply unhealthy that we have a culture today that feels like that they can just say, say, hey, um, I don't like this. This this offends me and it offends my being. And because it offends me, it must also offend you. And therefore, we must take its platform away and not give it a platform ever again and never speak of it ever, ever, ever again. Like it never existed in the first place. We've often talked about on critical thinking, how cancel culture is a form of being unpersoned from a reference to 1984, because that's essentially what it is. Chris Harrison from the bachelor bachelorette, his job is in jeopardy. Now he's probably done with, that show anyway there is a chance that that's the case but i've also i i looked at my wife because she watches that show and i make fun of her for watching that show because ugh. um but i'm like if they were to replace jeff probst on survivor survivor would never be the same it's the same thing with the bachelor and the bachelorette if they were to replace chris harrison it will never be the same ever because the, the hosts like that that have been with these shows for so long have really made these shows what they are. Um, they, they've gotten creative with it. They've, they've put in a lot of time, energy, and effort into making this show what it is. You take their that element away, it's no longer the same. It's like if you were to replace me with another Pat Oni, it would not be the same show anymore it would be a different show. And you may like it, you may not like it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying The Bachelor and The Bachelor is going to go away because Chris Harrison's gone. I'm just saying it will not be the same. It could be better. It also could be worse. And either way, no matter how you look at it, they will lose viewers because of Chris Harrison no longer being the host of those two shows. That, 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 that will happen. Will they gain listeners may, or, or viewers? Maybe. The same thing with Mumford & Sons. They may have lost an audience because of Winston Marshall and his comments about Andy No's book. And now he's no longer the guitarist and the, and the banjoist in the band. They may have lost people because of that. I'm not saying they did but it is a possibility. But this is what this looks like. This is what um, cancel culture is. It's, it's like these people, once they're gone and once they've had their platforms taken away, it's like they no longer existed. Or, or in even some ways, maybe they never existed at all. How long before Chris Harrison's gone from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette Will people remember his name, especially over the controversy that he's going through? Even more so, by the way, I think with Winston Marshall, because you don't really get to put a face with him. I mean, when you're listening to music, you're usually listening, not watching music. So 
it's even easier to forget his name and to forget who he is and what he did. I mean, give it give it some time, but but that's essentially what cancel culture will ultimately do. He it's not like he it's like he will have no longer existed, at least in the, the eyes and ears and in the music world of, of Mumford and Sons and their prospective audience. Because eventually their fans will be like, Who who was that banjo guitarist guy that got that got kicked out of the band again? And then eventually that question won't even come up anymore. It was like the it will be like the problem never existed in the first place. That's essentially what cancel culture is. What offends me must also offend you, and because it offends me, we must get rid of it and unperson it and deplatform it from our society right now. But that's where we're at. Well, before I before I actually get into this a little bit more, um, I, I really should get into the the Mrs. Pat recipe of the week, um, and and this week. Um, I did something very simple with one of her recipes that she does. And this is actually becoming more and more common uh, meal in our household because it's actually really good for our respective diets and, and, and counting macros and um, all that sort of stuff. So um, this week is just a it's it's a pork roast, but it's also made with uh, Parmesan garlic red potatoes. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's kind of like a, a two for one, if you will, um, because in the pictures, you'll see that, that the the pork roast was actually store bought. It was kind of like already pre marinated as well. Um, we actually get the, the um, garlic marinated pork roast in this case, just because we like the flavor of that a little bit better. But there are other flavors that you can do. And if you actually go and you buy your meat dry and like you're going to do this yourself and you're going to to. Um, Use use the meat in in such a way like you're gonna do your own rub or you're gonna do your own marinade. You can do that. We didn't do that in this case. Literally, all I did is I took it out of the package, I put it on a pan, um, and I put it in the oven for forty to forty five minutes. That's literally all I did with with the meat. The potatoes, on the other hand, take a little bit more effort. You what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to get some red potatoes, um, and and just just do this with red potatoes. I, I, I've not tried this recipe with regular potatoes. But to be on the safe side, just get red potatoes. You can do it with other ones if you want. My recommendation is red potatoes. And then all you're going to do is you're going to um, cut up about, I would say, 8 to 10 red potatoes. It really just depends on the size of them. And what you'll do is you'll just you'll just dice them up and kind of into chunks and things like that. And then you're going to lay them out on a cookie sheet. Um, now, I like to put them on like an aluminum foil uh, sheet on the cookie sheet as well so they don't stick as much. Um, and then I like to what, what I'll do, too, is I will oil the sheet and then I will also oil the um, potatoes as well, just with like a cooking spray. Um, and I just I get them really good and it'll also help the. Um, garlic and the Parmesan spread to stick on the potatoes as well. Um, so all you do is you take a half cup of Parmesan cheese, grated Parmesan cheese, and just sprinkle it over the potatoes. You do the same thing with a fourth cup of garlic spread. That's all it is. And then you sprinkle that over the potatoes as well. Once you do that, 
get your oven up to 400 um, and then you'll put it in, put the potatoes in at 400 degrees. Um, with you, you want to be careful if you put in the meat at the same time, I, I kind of recommend doing this separately or if you have two different ovens, do it in two different ovens if you can. If not, I do kind of recommend doing this somewhat separately just because it'll be a little bit easier um, because the, the meat actually was supposed to be at 350 degrees. Um, the potatoes were to be at 400. So we actually ended up having to cook them a little bit longer because the the temperature was down. So, But with the potatoes, what you're going to do, if, especially if you're just cooking them by themselves, and you can use these with other Mrs. Pat recipes too, like the Dr. Pepper pork roast. We, we use them with that a lot. Um, there's, there's lots of recipes that you can use these for. If you're going to do that, um, 400 degrees, and then you put your potatoes in for 20 minutes. Um, once, once 20 minutes happens, you pull them out, you then flip the potatoes on the sheet and then kind of just mix them and just flip them. And then you're going to put it back in the oven for another 20 minutes. So it's a grand total of 40 minutes of actual, um, cooking those, those, those potatoes. Um, once you bring them out, they should be kind of like a nice golden brown color. Um, and they, they almost have a slight crunch to them, um, is, is the best way I can describe it. And they are so good. So, so good. Um, the meat just kind of takes care of itself. Cause like I said, we, we just bought it prepackaged and, um, it, it's, it was all you got to do is just bake it and cook it through and um, it's really good. We actually just cut that into slices um, and just eat, you know, it goes, it goes really good with the potatoes. And like I said, you can use, you can find different uh, marinades and stuff with it um, that that's already pre-done or you can do it yourself. It's not hard. Um, so it's, it's, it's either way, both are really, really good. I will put this up on my Instagram and I was better about it this week. Um, I didn't necessarily get up on Saturday, but I did get it up and it is over on Instagram. It's over on parlor. Um, it's over on me. We like, I, I put it everywhere. So, and I just put a link up to my Instagram page that, that will take you to, um, the Mrs. Pat recipe. So uh, I will put this one up. It is really good. I promise. Send us pictures. I, I would love to see like, like how, if you guys are actually using these recipes, how you're using these recipes, um, I, I would love to see how they compare to um, Mrs. Pat's and, and what I've done with these Mrs. Pat recipes because I'm being more interactive with them now and I'm I'm actually making them, taking pictures of them. I'm going to hopefully do some sort of video version with them at some point here in the future. I don't know when that's going to be, but that that's kind of my goal. Um, so it's almost like a video tutorial of these recipes. Um, but I would love to see like, like, what you've done, how it's, how, what, what it is in comparison to the actual Mrs. Pat recipe. If you made any tweaks or changes to it, uh, if you have suggestions, um, we would love to hear it because we're always looking to try new things, especially since we are on a, what, what we call a macro friendly diet. Um, <clears throat> and which by the way, has been successful, um, for, for both of us. Um, it, it has been, it has been, um, especially a, a game changer for Mrs. Pat, but, uh, it, it's a, um, a slow process, but it, it is, it is, it, it just kind of teaches you how to manage and the way you look at food and the way that you're eating food and how much you're eating at a time and how much of what you're eating, 
Um, and, and just, it just kind of helps you prioritize, um, and, and make sure that you're not, you know, you're ultimately getting what you want in your diet, but you're not getting too much of a good thing because sometimes, especially when it comes to food and we all know this, um, I especially know this, um, sometimes good food can be proved to be too much of a good thing. So, um, yeah, so check it out. Love to hear your thoughts, opinions. If you like or not don't like the recipe, you know, let us know. Um, we we love the feedback, so um, just just check it out and use that hashtag stand with Mrs. Pat. Alrighty, well, before I get into the last bit of the show here, um, have you gotten prepared? Have you gotten prepared with Mojo50.com yet? If you haven't, you should. Um, because it is really, really important, especially now in today's day and age where I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't like, like we're, we're seeing gas prices go crazy up. Um, a year ago, they weren't even remotely this high and that's you know, largely due to the pandemic. And I know everyone likes to blame Joe Biden for the rise in gas prices. It's not just Joe Biden. It's not necessarily all his fault. This is um, just as the vaccine comes out, as as um, uh, people are getting back to work, as you know, oil prices have just gone up. I mean, this is we expected this to happen. Okay, this isn't just a Joe Biden thing. This wasn't a, a direct result of the Keystone Pipeline that just barely happened. Um, are all of these things going to play a role? Absolutely. Is Joe Biden going to make the gas prices go up? Absolutely. Is this what we're seeing a direct result of anything that he's done? Not necessarily. So, um, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is gas prices are going up. Other prices on other things are going up. The housing market is still crazy. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost like we're this balloon that's waiting to pop. And I just, I don't know what's going to happen, folks. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to get worse, if it's just going to get better. I, I, I don't know, but here's the thing. I, I, I like to do this. Is, this is kind of the way I like to, to, to go about life is that you, you expect the best, but you also plan for the worst. So expect the best in life, but, but plan for the worst because bad things do happen. Unfortunately, that's just part of life. Bad things happen. Good things happen, but bad things happen. And it's good to just be prepared. It's good to get a food storage going, get things in order, get your house in order so that you can sustain yourself if Bad things do indeed happen. And part of being able to sustain yourself is being able to have enough food to feed yourself and your loved ones and and whoever else you feel that you need to, to support life, to support yourselves, to support your neighbors. I mean, mean, it's it's just good practice to be prepared. And and I'm saying try to get as, as much of a food storage as you possibly can and prepare with much going by going to prepare with mojo50.com you can get a four-week emergency food supply kit a two-week emergency food supply kit 72 hour kits and so many other things there yes prices were raised but you also get more food a lot more food in these emergency food supply kits it's worth it folks especially if you can't cultivate and grow your own food yourself 
by having your own garden? Because some people live in situations where they can't do that, especially in such a way that is going to ultimately provide for them in the future. It's just good practice to have good food storage. And so go to preparewithmojo50.com. That is preparewithmojo50.com and get prepared today. Okay. So I I, I want to end the show with this idea of, of, of cancel culture being deeply, deeply unhealthy for our world and for, for America, because we do, we live in a deeply unhealthy country right now. We do. We, we can't stand for the love that, that other people have different opinions than we do. Everyone's been guilty of this at some point or another. And it's, it's, Part of, of of having some libertarian leanings like myself and like Andrew Coppins, um, who, you know, I think he's a little bit more libertarian than I am on most things, but we're both fairly conservative libertarians. Um, <clears throat> but, but, uh, as I've studied freedom, as I have gotten more into this idea of freedom and, and, and learned about it, the more I have realized that, I cannot dictate what other people think and feel, and I don't want them to do the same thing to me. So it's kind of like one of those things, let bygones be bygones. And and really, as I've learned these things over the years, the more I'm willing to just go about my merry way and let you do you and I will take care of me. Um, and And here's the thing. We live in a society. The bottom line is this. We're all human. And I'm not using that as a crutch, by the way. What I am saying is humans in of themselves are not perfect. I am not perfect. There is but one who has ever been perfect in their entire life, and that is Jesus Christ. Um. But otherwise, we are not perfect. We make mistakes. We say and do things, whether they be publicly or behind closed doors, that are truly mistakes, that truly things that, that we are not necessarily proud of, or maybe we haven't even realized the mistakes that we are making. Roger Scrutton, in which, uh, and by the way, Andrew Coppins and I are going to be featuring him in our next book club. We're going to be covering Fools, Frauds, and Firebrands, Thinkers of the New Left, so stay tuned for that. Uh, so we will be covering that in our upcoming book club segments. Um, but uh, Roger, Scrut- Roger, Roger Scrutton made this, this uh, um, quote, I, I should say. When we confess our sins, we sacrifice our pride. When we forgive the sins of others, we sacrifice our resentment. We live in a society that that is addicted to outrage. We're looking for something to be outraged over. And that's another fundamental part of cancel culture is just outrage. And sometimes it's for the sake of outrage. Um, It has nothing to do with anything else other than just being crazy. But... We, we sacrifice our resentment when we forgive the sins of others. I, I firmly believe in the idea of hate the sin, but love the sinner. I'm not always great at it, but I try to be. B. 
because I am more and you are more than your politics. You're more than your religion. You're more than your creeds and and your political ideologies, your sexual orientation. You are more than that. Perfect, not so much. But you are more than these things. And when you start seeing people as being more than just their religion or their politics or their orientations or their race, pick one. If you start seeing more that they are more than just these things, it's easy to understand that, hey, we can get along. We can move forward and we can at least be united on maybe just some things. But the problem is right now is that America is so divided that we can't even agree on what those basic principles are. And so when you can't agree on those things, it's really hard to contribute to a society. It's really hard to to be that person that is not just only contributing to your family and to, your, and to those that are in your home, but actually a contributor to your society. Whether people agree with your opinions and your values or not, it becomes very, very difficult because it really is difficult to contribute to a society that might cancel you, that, that might shut you down, that might unperson you. But if we all, instead of trying to cancel each other, just try to put into society like we put into our marriages and we put into our relationships, that we actually might get a little bit more something out of it. That we might actually, I don't know, be a little more unified. Um, you know, Chris Harrison got in trouble for basically saying grace and forgiveness and, and, and you know, having a little dignity. America has become, or at least it once was, a land of second chances, but it has traded forgiveness for cancel culture. If the mob can destroy a man, it will. It absolutely will. Uh, the choice is not between keeping one's integrity and keeping one's career. The mom has already made up its mind. The question, the only question that remains is whether to grovel before one's tormentors. The mom can the mom can rob a man of money, fame, influence, but it cannot take his integrity or her integrity. For that, the mob must make the man debase himself. That, that, that pretty much sums up America right now. But again, I, I think the way to cure this is we all have to put something into our society. We all have to put something into our community. And, and I'm not talking socialism, by the way. I'm just talking about being a citizen. I'm talking about actually contributing your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings without fear of being unpersoned, without fear of being canceled, without be those things we are truly free and truly free men can truly make this country great again. You see, this isn't about politics. This isn't about who's in office. This isn't about who is leading this country currently. If we want to be united as a country, if we want to cancel cancel culture, which is the only thing worth canceling, then we have to be united and we all, and to be united we have to at least have some basic principles and values to be united around 
And right now we don't. So until then, I guess think of ways that you can contribute to society that not only betters your community, but betters yourself and your family as well. Because those are truly, truly, when it comes down to it all, your family is the most important thing that you have. And having that canceled, well, if that's canceled, then it's all over. You've been listening to The Pattern Show right here on Mojo Five O. And Don't get lost remember who you are, and no means no. And cancel culture sucks. See you Monday. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba.